I'm back, baby. Oh, my double crap. Do you know who I am? No, but maybe if you hum a few bars. Yes, sir, random kid I just met. You know, this man's forgotten more about pain than you'll ever remember. About pain. About forgetting about. It's Jake C. Lee. I am the low rating that cancels your program. I thought you were made of sterner stuff. Don't be jealous because I'm attractive. You know what? You just made the list. <laughs> oh, wait, you're serious. Let me laugh even harder. It's time to check the link. I like that. I didn't do anything wrong because I can't do anything wrong. Hooray! People are paying attention to me. It's all in sports. Game on, everybody. It is All In Sports. Jake Seeley, you know me. Follow me at All In Kid in case you're not. Maybe you came from my terrific guest today. But as a reminder, I'm over at TheAthletic.com. If you want to check out all my articles today, I had one out about the, well, in my opinion, the best setup scoring format rosters, all that type of stuff for fantasy football. A lot of people who've been asking about it, it is out today. You can check it out. If you're not subscribed to The Athletic, go to theathletic.com front slash name of the show, all in sports. You get 30% off the entire first year for you guys. So you can do that. Check it out as well as the podcast over there, including Sports Unsealed with myself, Chris Meany, and Brad Ziegler. Going to have a special guest on this Thursday with Adam Rank from NFL.com. But Let's talk about today's guest because it's a great one today. We have a lot of fantasy football and just fun talk to get into. And this week's guest is a great one. It is Liz Loza of Yahoo Fantasy Sports, actually. It's, should I say fantasy sports is Yahoo Sports? Do I, do I classify it incorrectly? Actually, here, what I'll do, Liz, is I'll just say, it's Liz Loza. You pimp yourself and you tell everybody else where to find your stuff. Uh, well, yes, I do work for Yahoo Sports covering fantasy for the bulk of the football season. But in the off season, they let me do other fun things like I did the Winter Olympics last year. I host a show called The Rush, which is a well, Jared Quay hosts the show called The Rush. But then when he's out, I tend to back it up for him um, and host a game called The Slate as well. So there's lots of sports and fantasy-related stuff. But right now, I think we're going to talk fantasy football. So go to Yahoo Sports, download the Yahoo Sports app, and then also download the Yahoo Fantasy Sports app and just get all of the Yahoo love in your life. Yes, and do all that. And make sure you're following Liz at Liz Loza underscore FF. Oh, that I'm underscore. A, oh. Yes, that underscore. <laughs> like, I, mm. you know, it's so funny that that's become such, like back in the day, it was like, all right, you got to find your thing. And then people just underscored. And now it's like, it, it's almost like a scarlet letter on your Twitter handle if you have an underscore. Well, because it's like, hey, are you an old millennial? You've got an underscore in your Twitter <laughs> handle. Like, <laughs> uh, Fortunately, you know what? That I, I, I avoided that because I... I actually contacted Twitter to get all in kid because I was like, look, oh. I have, I have proof that I've used this my entire life. And I said, the person who's using it, it's a dead account. I was like, I want it. And I, they sent it like, like they gave it to me like two weeks later. That's great. Well, yeah. I, I used to go by the FF girl before, right. right? Like, cause that was how I started in the business. Um, and then when I joined with the cor corporate overlords, uh, they wanted my full name, but somebody already, believe it or not, there are other Liz Loza's out there who they are. I don't know, yes. but, um, I, I could, I don't feel like it's a very common name, but they do exist. Um, and so I had to FF it. <laughs> underscore <laughs> FF it. You had to FF it. That's, yes. <laughs> that's, that's your new hashtag, FF it. Uh, yeah. You know what? At least it's not as bad as your cohort over there, underscore BYB, Matt Harmon. What does that <laughs> even mean? Bring your own booze? Like, I, wait, 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 I still... Wait, you don't know? You work with the guy and you don't know? 
I mean, I, th- I think I was actually, I know I was episode 10 of the Backyard Banter okay. podcast, but right. like, what a, what a, like, idiot. What are you doing with this? What you think <laughs> B- BYB does not mean backyard banter, right? Nobody's like, oh, you know what that, what that's like colloquial for? It means like, <laughs> let's hang out in the backyard and play some cornhole. No, it means like, bring your booze, dude. I, I, I don't know. But, the very first time I ever saw him on Twitter, I thought it meant, like you said, bring your something like without the O. And I was trying to figure it out, like bring your ball. Like I was trying to, I was trying to figure out what it bring meant. Bring your own beer. He's super yeah. into like weird craft fancy beers. I don't know. I have no idea. Are you, are you a craft fancy beerish person? No. Okay. <laughs> Not, I think beer tastes disgusting. Oh, I only like Bud Light. Thank you. Like, yeah. Oh, I don't even like that. I, I, I don't drink anything. I think it all tastes like garbage wait you don't drink like you're sober yeah i i, I or dry sober. are you sober are you dry I, I, straight edge is like what people try to classify but like i don't drink but it's not because of it's it's like a life choice like oh i look down like I, my friends come over we drink well not we they drink beers while we watch football is i think it all even liquor like i think liquor ruins the t- like for me it tastes like it went bad like I tried oh. a million different wines and it t- to me, it always tastes like juice went bad. Like I've tried mixed drinks and it tastes like, okay, you even want to try a girl fr- and I say girl, whatever. I don't, we don't need to go down that road. I you mean want- like a sweet sugary drink. Yes. Yeah. You know yes. what I meant. And I just, I didn't want to start towing that. Well, line. good. Good for catching yourself. <laughs> That's why I'm here. Um, yeah, also exactly. my life choices cause me to drink frequently and I, t- I, I love wine, but the sugar and carbs, now I'm going to sound like super LA and annoying, ugh, um, are really high. So I tend to stick to um, tequila and soda. And I have to admit, it's Brad Evans. He pulled me onto this bandwagon. Like I, I like a nice tequila with some soda and some lime. And also, if I'm being, I mean, I've, I was just in Nashville and my guilty pleasure, I am from Chicago originally, is Jaeger shots. I will do Jaeger shots all really? day. Yes, I love them, um, but I am <laughs> not in the majority. <laughs> That's so. It, I only recently found this out, obviously, because I'm not a drinker. I didn't know there was a difference between soda water and tonic water, and the one has Ugh. calories and the other one doesn't. It's quinine and sugar is the difference. Yeah, just soda water, like Lacroix. You know, just Lacroix and some tequila. Just to oh, get so a little I, buzz. I didn't even like. Uh, not that it's anything. I guess it's because it's mixed with liquor, right? I didn't know it was Lacroix. I always thought it was Lacroix. Like it was like. Maybe fancy. it is. I mean, I'm the one who drinks Jaeger, so don't expect me to pronounce <laughs> French words properly. You know. No, but we, and we should probably talk football at some point here. Sure. <laughs> Actually, no. I was sidebarring. As speaking of your your, your uh, board over there, I do want to ask you about this because I know you, you do watch. You're caught up on Game of Thrones, correct? Oh yes. Okay. So besides the Game of Thrones in general, we can talk about it in a quick second. I want to get your opinion because I asked Matt about this and I said, because you guys are on the West Coast. So are you one of the ones that like, so Nando's funny. Nando, my boss over here at The Athletic is East Coast and he gets mad at people who tweet out because he thinks about the West Coast people. And he he said, if you're going to tweet out about Game of Mm -hmm. Thrones during the show or within the hours before midnight, I'm just going to mute you until the end of the season because he's, he sees it as being insensitive. And so I asked Matt that and Matt was like, no, see if you know, if you don't know better and you stay off Twitter, then that's your own problem. I kind of, I kind of lean a little bit lower towards Nando because it's kind of like, well, it shouldn't be on everybody else to stay off Twitter. Like you can still tweet and not give away things. So I think it's like a two part situation. Like I'm not going to mute anyone because I don't have the energy to mute about Game of Thrones. Like I'm muting enough people about other stuff. So Game of Thrones isn't at the top of the priority list. How many people do you think you've muted? uh, Probably just a hand. I'm like, I'm more of a like block than a mute. 
Oh, you know, how many people, like, have, you, have you reached triple digits on blocking yet? No, 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 no. Double digits, oh, but not triple digits. Oh. Um, now you disappointed me. I got all I'm excited sorry. because I, I think I've muted like 500 people. <laughs> wow. You must have like, what do you have? Like basically seven people in your timeline <laughs> at this point? <laughs> Look, you see me on Twitter. People in real life know how like, this is going to sound so conceited, but like how nice I am in real person. Like how like, you know, I'm a really and nice handsome. Guy. Let's like, oh. I'm just going to sit because let's, I was at the FSTA. I think I finally met you in person in Tampa in January. And the first, yes. I think the first thing I said was like, Oh, Jake, you're not bad looking. Like you're handsome. <laughs> I, had, I had, you are much better looking than you sound which is the reverse of most people in this business. So I, take it. I, I, I'll take that as a backhanded compliment. I will appreciate it. Like, you're, like now you're sucks. blushing. Yeah, your voice sucks, but you're really good looking, just so you know. I didn't say really. I just said good looking. Like, oh, <laughs> thank you for quantifying that as well. No problem. Anyway, a, back to Game aside. of Thrones. No, I, I was going to say, say, oh, go ahead. On. No, I was going to say, you see me on Twitter. You understand that my online persona comes off very aggressive. I will admit, I know it does. Yeah, but I think okay. that's, I mean, that, that's branding, that's voice. You're the all-in yeah. kid. Like, you can't be, right. like, the tepid kid. But that's kid. why I have to mute 500 people. But I anyway, see. so Game of Thrones. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I feel this, like, I'm not going to mute anyone. That's too much energy. I will try to stay off. Like, I was traveling to New York when, not this past episode, but the week before happened. Also, HBO Go is a thing. So, I don't, I don't know. Like, I don't watch it um, on H... I will watch... I don't watch it in real time because, like, I have a life and Sundays and, and the, you know, I'll watch it when I can watch it on Sunday. But I do make a point of staying off of social media because I don't want... I am that invested that I want to watch it in real time. But I also think that the people who, like, tweet... Like, the minute it's able to be live streamed and consumed and start tweeting out spoilers are like kind of braggy jerks. Like stop. Like you're only <laughs> doing that to be you. like first. It's like the same people like on Instagram when you're like first, like, okay, great loser. Like, do, did you even <laughs> care about the episode? Or are you just here to say, I watched it before everybody else? It's like the people who like, you know, were into band X before anybody else heard of them. Oh yeah. Yeah. You had the t-shirt before everybody else. did. Yes. Yes. See, I will say this. Well, I'm going to say two things, obviously. Well, not obviously, but whatever. I can't. This is what happens when you get me on a podcast this late at night, Liz, by the way. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> hey, no, hey, it's West Coast. I, I understand we got to work around schedules. And it worked well better for me tonight than during the day for everybody out there. But in any case, point being, the Game of Thrones thing, I'm with you. And that's why I said I lean a little bit more towards Nando because it's kind of more like it's not, you're not intentionally being inconsiderate, but at the same time, you don't need to put all that stuff on Twitter. Like just because you're the very first person to say, Oh my God, I can't believe blah, blah, blah died. Like it's not, everybody saw the same thing you did. So that's where I kind of understand it. Like the LaShawn McCoy thing that happened with the Avengers, which by the way, the Russos have already said two weeks is up. Spoilers can happen. Two weeks is all you get. So when LaShawn McCoy, have you seen Avengers? Do you, or do you even care about those movies? Like, you want my hot take about Avengers is that, like, I don't really think that what Thanos was thinking was that bad, but I'm afraid that really affects my likability, so I should probably well, not talk about it. <laughs> I, think, I think the thing that, that affects your likability more is the fact that you said Thanos and not Thanos. Thanos, whatever. So, so, so I think that's going to affect it more than anything. You got me back for the really good-looking comment. Yeah, so, so there you go. Uh, this, the second part of it for that whole thing is I actually, being in this business, and this is what I was going to ask you, is... I kind of understand and understand the feeling of that t-shirt thing because like us in this business 
And we're actually going to talk about one of those players is the fact that it was like, oh, you know, I saw this in college. I saw this before he started to be like a perfect example. I'll give you Matt Harmon. Perfect example. I'll give you one. It's like, I oh, was, God, we're talking Al- so much about this kid. I, I see him like every day. I, well, yeah, that's uh, I just, he told me. <laughs> Do I you have, have a crush mention, on Matt Harmon? My gosh. I, I think a little bit. I, I, he told me I have to mention his name at least five times while you're on the show. Does so that's, not surprise me. Yeah, that, that's, that's that out of the gate right now. But Alan Robinson, he's known for the Alan Robinson thing. I think that's fair to say at this point because of his reception perception. I was also very high on him in Penn State. And I just, for like understanding is like, hey, I was with there with Matt. Remember me? I like them too. So I'm not saying, like, but I, 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 you, you, uh, you hate those kind of things. But I think um, all I'm trying to say is I understand people wanting to be like, hey, I kind of like this before it was cool to like it. That's fine as long as you also own all your whiffs. Right? Oh, like, absolutely. I was all in on Anthony Miller. He was my number five ranked wide receiver heading into last year's draft. That worked out. Also, uh, Baker Mayfield, I had ranked behind Lamar. So there you go. You know, like, <laughs> <laughs> were you, uh, this is the one I always throw out too, especially when I'm like, Hey, I hit on a lot of these wide receivers, but I wish I could take Kevin White back. Were you a Kevin White? Oh, I, sh- I still follow him on Instagram. I can't, I can't quit him. Yes. <laughs> Does he follow you though? No. Uh-huh. No, but you know who does? Who? You know who does. Let's talk about it. Let's talk about it. Let's get to it. Sam Darnold, who you met in person, <laughs> yeah, very recently. Actually, I'm just gonna like you. I, I want to hear. I want everybody to hear how cool <laughs> Sam Darnold. You want to talk about so? You you talked about the looks before and stuff like that. Now looking at Sam Darnold, I'd be like, uh, he's probably like goofy person in person. I, well, first of all, I am not going to objectify another human other than the host of the show, obviously. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, so Sam and I presented at the Verizon Media New Fronts, which is basically like upfronts for digital media in New York last week. And um, we had exciting news to share because there, so you can stream NFL games live in the Yahoo Sports app, but now this coming season, you'll be able to stream NFL games live in the Yahoo Fantasy app, which was big news. So we were delivering that news to this, uh, you know, auditorium. And um, I, yeah, I worked with him. We went on stage together. He was wonderful and kind and funny and and sneaky funny. Like I did not expect him to be funny. He was totally like genuine. He likes Marin Morris. I like country music. I had just come back from, I actually flew straight to New York from Nashville. And Wait, I love country music. Is, yep. he, is he Eli Manning sneaky funny or is he even better than that? Because like, So here, I have a wild crush on Eli Manning, so we should probably not venture into this <laughs> territory. True story, Brad Evans texted me as on the heels of this event, which was live streamed on Twitter, and he was like, it's too bad they sent the other New York quarterback your way. Um, I have a wild, inexplicable crush on Eli Manning. So I've never met him or worked with him though. But Sam was just like a right, like I live in SoCal, obviously he's from just south of Newport Beach. So I got his vibe. I'm familiar with it. He was, he was absolutely wonderful. I think if we want to actually transition into real football talk, yes. that he, I, I'm buying into his um, taking a step forward next year, which we saw over the last four weeks of the 2018 season once he came back from injury. Um, my, my big concern about the Jets, frankly, has little to do with their on-field personnel and or talent and more to do with the combustibility of their head coach slash also their 
defensive coordinator. <laughs> yeah, that seems like a little bit of a problem. By the way, speaking of the segues, I just want to say you had the, and this isn't like hyperbole, you had the best hook, like guest segue that anybody's ever done. Like when you, when you did it to say like other people have like, I, I consider myself <laughs> one of the best at segues. People know this. I, I pride myself in the segues. If people don't give me recognition after I pulled off like three good ones, I will pause and wait for like, Hey, that was a good segue. So for the fact that you pulled that in with the, and I just met and all that, like that was really well done. But for the Sam Darnold thing, does I want to ask you specifically about the receivers because I think a lot of people are with you in the step forward and a lot of people saw those last couple games and even if you say all right well not to that level next season but a mix of before and after still puts them now we're talking about top 15 potentially even better for a quarterback but Robbie Anderson for a full season and then two the second part is was Jamison Crowder one of the most underrated, mm -hmm. overlooked signings this offseason? Because I kind of feel with what Darnold needed that that's an amazing get for him. Well, it is interesting, I think, because when you look at weeks 14 through 17, I think what stands out to me most on tape was the anticipation, right? Like the game obviously slowed down for him and his anticipation, which is I thought his anticipation was what made him the number one ranked quarterback heading into the draft. And that showed up um, at the next level for me over those last four weeks. But I also think that, I mean, his completion percentage was about 64% over those last four weeks. So I think to me, the front office noted that. Um, it was a lost season under Todd Bowles. Everybody knew we were just kind of giving it away. But the front office noted that and then handed him quite a few security blankets. Le'Veon Bell, obviously a premier pass catcher in addition to being a running back and Jamison Crowder. And when you hear like Kirk Cousins talk about Jamison Crowder, for example, he talks about how when he's healthy, that's the caveat, right? Like um, <laughs> how like crisp he is, how reliable he is, how dependable, like those are the kind of adjectives you hear about him again when he's healthy. So it's hard to like mix dependability with durability. Um, but I think that because Crowder has been injured basically in back-to-back -back seasons and burned a lot of people, there's this, well, is it done now, right? Like, can he produce? Is he ever going to be back to his 20, what, 2016 what form? Like, I was about to say, it feels like 15 or 16 at this point. Yeah. <laughs> um, is he going to revert back to that? But I think even if he starts the season healthy – it doesn't matter. Like we know that these guys are all going to get Robbie Anderson's going to get hurt at some point. And Nunwa isn't the most durable guy in the world, right? Like all of these guys are going to get injured at some point, but the fact that they are adding depth to allow Darnold to develop rapport and have these security blankets to me shows that they are to use your moniker all in on <laughs> this franchise QB and they should be. So in terms of fantasy though, uh, you know, like I think there's obvious, weird obvious, um, when you look at Anunua, Crowder, Bell, and Chris Herndon, there's, it's odd, but overlap between those guys, right? Like they're all right. kind of serving a similar purpose, despite the fact that they have different skill sets, but they can be used in this a very complementary way, all of which is to serve the quarterbacks, um, the quarterbacks like anticipation and accuracy. So from a fantasy perspective, do they cannibalize each other? The one of these that is not like the others to me is Robbie Anderson. Right. And that is the one that I am most excited about because none of these other guys are high pointing in the red zone, right? Like, and over those last four weeks that I referenced when the game did seem to slow down for Darnold, um, Robbie Anderson was Darnold's favorite target in the red area of the field. He averaged two red zone targets 
per week over the last four weeks. People talk about Herndon and that relationship, but Herndon didn't actually see as many red zone looks. And Anderson was on the field for like well over 90% of the team snaps. There's no other. I, I have him as like a, a wide receiver three, you know, in that top 30 kind of range. Right now there's a lot of depth. We're going to see what happens. But if I'm targeting someone on the Jets, to me he looks like the best value simply because he is so different than the rest. Yeah, I think that's a good point because, you know, you, you talk about all the health and with Anderson and with the rest. And it's like, if I'm looking at this roster and Anderson goes down, I'm kind of like, does Jerome yeah. Pete become a thing? Like, like, it's just because, you, like you said, it's like everybody does the same job. And like without Anderson, now there's that little bit of concern. But what about Le'Veon Bell? Because you mentioned that in the yeah. whole mix. Where are you on him with, I mean, it's not just moving from the Steelers to the Jets. It's moving from the Steelers to the Jets and, hey, buddy, we haven't seen you. And what's going to essentially be almost two years. I'm not even worried about the rust. Like I know that today everyone like, oh, he didn't report for voluntary workouts, blah, blah, blah. Adam Gase's eyeballs are getting even more stretched out. Blah. Like that to me is just off season fluff. Like who cares? Le'Veon Bell does his thing. It doesn't, it doesn't matter. Like what's interesting to me is a couple of things. Number one, you don't give, you don't guarantee a guy $35 million without planning to run him a lot, right? Like that's, that's how you get that ROI. However, Adam Gase, like has a propensity for not doing that, right? Like Kenyon Drake never had, here's a fun fact. I couldn't believe it. Kenyon Drake never had more than 14 carries in 2018. And that was week one. So that's that's Drake. (laughs) He hates the Drake. I mean, I do too. Actually. uh, Yeah. I've thought of a funny thing that someone said earlier, but never mind. Um, So (laughs) it was a game of Thrones reference that somebody said that, um, the, that the, the weird, Baratheon, um, the Baratheon bastard who proposed to Arya was basically like a Drake song. Like she's never going to say yes to that. Go on. Um, so uh, I, did, anyway. I don't know if you saw it. I actually that's that's the only thing I tweeted out from Game of Thrones that night. I did the three pointer from uh, what's his face from the Lakers when he turned around and it bounced off the rims. And I was like, <laughs> that, was, that was basically that was Gendry. That, that's exactly Gendry, what happened. That's his name, right? Yeah, dude. When I saw that, I was like, oh. Oh, honey, no, that's not how it happens. Trust me, that's not how it happens. Anyway, um, so uh, so here's here's a problem, right? Because like, mm, what Adam Gase has traditionally done doesn't really jibe with what Le'Veon is used to. More importantly, and if we're taking another level, what is Le'Veon most noted for in terms of his skills? Like the thing that is the crown jewel of his skill set is his patience. And well, that offensive line. Yep. It is a lot easier to be patient when you got blocks and holes opening up. It is not easy to be patient when you've got linebackers and D linemen flying through your O line. So that I don't, you know, as I was ranking at first, I think I had him like I don't know, like around six or seven, and then I was like, I don't. I think this is just habit. Like, I, it felt weird even putting him that low. And I was like, I don't know. Like, I like the Osemele signing, and that's obviously going to help. But the gelling of, of of offensive lines is clearly not um, an exact science. And, and maybe it'll take halfway through the season for that to actually gel. Like, they, also, I think people forget that evolution takes time, right? Like, the, where a team starts is not where it ends up, for better right. or for worse. And so I'm a little bit worried about Le'Veon. I think he's going to be overdrafted. I think people are going to look at the name. They're going to look at the record and what he's done in years past. And there's going to be some, like, he'll post some Instagram video of him, like, 
trucking a three cone or, you know, like working out like a maniac and people have some hype video and then people will overdraft him and there's name recognition. And I don't think we can expect him to produce top two numbers. I have James Conner drafted ahead of him, ranked ahead of him. That's fair. And it's that, it was that non-PBR, full PBR. Half point, half point half is our point. standard. Thank you. Yeah, yeah uh, thank you. That's, that's what I, I, I think that's the happy medium. All right, so let's stay in this division. And let's just go, let's just, let's go to the GOAT. Let's just do it. Sure. And there's something that you just recently covered him, and I thought this was a great way to put it because I've been saying this, and this isn't like, oh, I had the T-shirt first because he's been around <laughs> forever. I just, on the same page, I thought it was a great way of looking at it is we can separate Tom Brady, the NFL player, versus Tom Brady, the fantasy player. Right. And my question about Tom Brady, the fantasy player, is he even draftable at this point? Like, is Tom Brady going to be sitting out there as QB 18 again next year? I mean, he's the Yahoo consensus QB 19 currently. So that's pretty darn close. I think in super flex form, you know what I was going to say in super flex formats, like maybe, except again, I think that name recognition either if you're i'm just if you're in a super flex you probably are pretty deep in which case people might be so off of tom brady that he's a decent value as your qb2 or it'll flip the other way and people are like no tom brady's the goat and like he'll be overdrafted (laughs) i'm not taking him like inside my top 20 in a super flex if i don't have to i mean there's so much depth right and and I, i just feel like when i look at the lack of no quantified Sorry, did you have to, I just I happened to write about it today. Do you know who finished quarterback 20 last year? I just want to see if you can guess. Kirk Cousins? Nope. Who is it? Uh, it was Matthew Stafford. I only oh. remember because it was 15.1 points per game, and I was like, that was good for 20th. That's how deep quarterback is, to yeah. your point. So anyway, I just it was seeing if you could possibly. I was going to give you a bo- bonus brownie points if you guessed it, but go ahead. Oh, wow. Well, I guess I – try me later. <laughs> <laughs> Kirk Cousins was 10th, by the way. You were way off. I <laughs> I actually am always on Team Kirk, so I don't know. Um, I worked with him too, but that's another story. He's great. Um, so, so is it easier if we just list the quarterbacks you haven't worked with? No, 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 no. And now, I, now I'm like blushing because I feel all douchey. But anyway, <laughs> so, so here's what I'm looking at. Like, So Gronk missing is obviously an issue. Edelman is entering his age 33 season, I believe. Um, and when I look at also – when, when I look at the fact that the Patriots ran the third most rushing plays last year and they were right. able to pivot because Belichick is a genius and then they go ahead and draft Damian Harris, who I thought had the highest floor of any of the running backs in this year's class and can do a lot of everything well, even if he's not a superstar, that's to me an ultimate, ultimate Patriot type player. Now, there's so many targets vacated. It seems to me that they are going to continue to pound the ground. And when you look at the tape again, like people love to talk about stats because I don't know, they like stopped watching football after Thanksgiving or something. (laughs) But when you watch the tape, you see a man who does not want to get hit. He is, his eyes are are like rushing from side to side. He's jittery, uncomfortable in the pocket because I'm going to guess when you're 42 and you smack the ground, it feels a lot worse than when you're 32 and you smack the ground. Or 23. Uh, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, yeah, there's no question about that. You left out one name, though. And this was what, it, remember, let's go back. Let's go back to the podcast early in the show. Remember when I said that the wanting the t shirt because you knew him before everybody else? Is this Nikhil Harry? Is this your moment? This, this is Nikhil Harry. Big, no, no, this is our moment. Because I remember you tweeted about it. And I, hey, I read. I I read a good amount of your stuff. I read Matt's stuff. I read Brad's stuff. I read a lot of the Yahoo. Well, things. we know you read Matt's stuff. 
Obviously. Yes, obviously. It's actually the, it's the, when my screen pops on and it's like, it actually just goes straight to like Matt. So just so you know, so there's, there's like a picture with his dog and everything. Uh, but hey, Case, sidebar, I don't even know what this dog, what the hell is this dog name? Now this is Charlie, gonna bother me. His name's Charlie. Thank you. See, there you go. That's how you know it's not true. Couldn't even think of his dog's name. Uh, anyway, I thought you were going to say Charlotte, by the way. That's how well, way off I am. Nikhil Harry. He was one of the guys <laughs> you had in your top tier. I did it as well. I feel like we are a few people on an island because I'll tell really? you, what I felt. Well, yeah, because there's a difference. I think depending on who you're watching and following on Twitter, it's different. As a whole, I feel like we were on an island because all I kept kept saying was, he doesn't separate, he doesn't separate, he doesn't separate, he doesn't separate. And that's all you kept hearing. And there was a different group that was talking about Nikhil Harry, and I was one of them saying, well, if you watched him, his quarterback threw him back into coverage a lot. And let's talk about the NFL level where not, there's not a lot of separation to begin with. Right. And I think this is an amazing fit because here's the thing. You just talked about Tom Brady being scared. What's the other thing that Tom Brady struggles to do now? Throw wide receivers open. open. What do you yeah. do? You draft a wide receiver who doesn't really contend, you know, have 50-50 balls because he makes some 80-20 balls. Well, Nikhil, I mean, that's the thing that he does, right, is that he can high point. He has incredible ball skills. He has nice size. So he was my – I think he was in my top six. I think I had him four. I was really high on Debo Samuel. Um, so uh, – I was too. I, I, I like – my tier two, but I didn't like his – I asked him at the, at the combine. Liz, this is what I asked him. I said, this is a very – I got this from somebody – Emery Hunt, I work with him. He, and I was the first time to the combine. I was like, ah, give me some tips. And one of the things that he loves to ask, which is a great question if anybody's ever out there talking to a player, even for you, anybody you ever talk to a player, ask them what they think their most underrated or overlooked skill is because it's not something they hear a lot and then they usually open it up. Mm -hmm. And everybody I asked that had a great answer, talked to me for a good two or three minutes, except for Debo Samuel. You know what he said to me, Liz, when I asked him that? Um, that's a great question. I don't know. I like that kind of swag though. I mean, that's where he got his nickname from. He got his nickname from the movie Friday. Like I like that tough guy swag. And also he's super versatile. So he does a lot of different things. But let's talk about Nikhil Harry because that's our guy right now. He's going to snatch change. You know, his mom doesn't like that nickname, Debo Samuel. But anyway, go ahead. Well, his dad gave it to him. So that doesn't surprise me. (laughs) Um, But, you know, for me, Nikhil Harry has a massive opportunity, right? He's really, he's like kind of fearless over the middle of the field. Um, And he's hard to take down because of his size, because of the balance. And the timing, I think, is another. I mean, the timing comes into the contested the contested catches and the contested situations because if you look like there are not a lot of receivers who have that ability to just nail it in space, right? Not in space like vertically. Well, yes, space and vertically, not like space like horizontally. And he does that with an incredible amount of like strength and core capability. And so that is something that I – think will comp nicely to what the current Tom Brady does, but it's also hard to imagine that a rookie who is going to hit some sort of plateau at some, some point is going to fully uh, blossom into the role that we have seen Rob Gronkowski, who plays a different position, I understand, but like blossom into, right? So I have a very early fearless forecast on the season for Harry, assuming health, 58 catches, 751 yards, and six touchdowns. I think that's pretty generous. Oh, I, I thought you were going to come close. I, I'm almost exactly the same as 750, and I have him for eight touchdowns. I think he's going to gobble okay. up the touchdowns. I'm with you, though. But 
to your point, that's that could be completely different, obviously, if not for the fact that they go back to running the ball as much as they did last year and, right. and they drafted Damien Harris, as you mentioned. All right, so staying in this division, let's talk about can we call them the exciting bills now? Is that possible? Are they exciting? <laughs> is it all, well, does it really all come down to Josh Allen? And there's two parts here is one is I think, can we say Josh Allen's more draftable than Tom Brady? And, but the second part is, do you want to touch a single one of those wide receivers? No, I mean, it's hard not to touch John Brown in best ball, right? Like, I'll you give know, you that. right. So uh, that's interesting. And also, if you are worried about your quarterback's accuracy, you give him one of the best ball trackers in the league. Is that enough for it to bear out in terms of fantasy and you winning? Probably not. Like, I don't know if between the backfield and the wide receivers, I mean, this is, this is one we got to wait on. And I know people don't like the wait and see answer and it feels like a cop out, but sometimes that's the prudent and wise thing to do. Josh Allen also, another similarly to Sam Darnold, like down the stretch last season, coming back from injury, he averaged 80 rushing yards per game, practically. Yeah. I mean, that, but that, is that sustainable? Do we not think that defenses are going to adjust? Are we thinking that he's Deshaun Watson? Like, I, I just can't make that leap. Um, and also, not when he's playing New England and Miami twice per year because the Patriots were one of the teams that held him to just 30 rushing yards in Week 16 – Obviously, I'm mentioning Miami, Miami in that breath because Brian Flores, who is part of that defense, a large part of that uh, defensive scheme, is now the head coach in Miami. So maybe they've seen him twice, and now I don't. That's four games that I'm iffy on, and then that, that's like a night. That's like a quarter of your season. It is, but it, let you know? me ask you. So here's my problem with the wide receivers, and this is what I said as soon as it happened. I was like, "Hey, you have Robert Foster and Zay Jones." Let's just go bring No, I really the, liked Robert Foster, too. Well, and then they put had, the yeah. duplicates. They, they, yeah. It's like, let's bring in the two veterans who are exactly what you already have, and that's why I'm with you. I, I'll take John Br I'll even take Robert Foster. If I, if I could pick right now who I want the most, who, like as the talent that I think should win out, I think John Brown's best days, despite being a huge fan of his in past years, are behind him, and I would take Robert Foster, but at the same time, I could see I could see nobody topping 700 yards and maybe mm -hmm. five or six touchdowns. And at that point, it's kind of like the Jaguars. It's like, who the heck do you want? And I think as of today, we're looking at the same thing for the backfield, aren't we? Unless, let me paint a picture for you, Liz. And let's say this happens. Let's say the Bills go like, hey, you know what, LaShawn, you're a dick. You spoiled Avengers. You're cut. Uh, TJ Yeldon and Frank Gore, a lot of people don't know this. Both of them only have $500,000 of dead money if they get cut. And I, mm. I don't think Frank Gore, I think he's the least likely of the three I just mentioned, but let's just say we find out, let's, let's say we get the training camp, Liz, and it's only Devin Singletary and Frank Gore and Yeldon and McCoy are gone. But can I get you interested in at least maybe Singletary now? Yeah, you can get me interested in Singletary. I mean, he was the, of these running backs, the most intriguing to me. We know what TJ Yeldon does, right? Um, he doesn't hold on to the ball or play to size. Um, and we also have seen what McCoy, I mean, McCoy and um, Frank Gore are what, 65 years old combined? Something, something <laughs> insane, right? right? Like, I, think, like, I, I remember writing that. about that myself too. You, you, I think you might actually be underselling that. Maybe, maybe they're 67 combined. Um, so give me the freshest legs. And to me, the problem with, Singletary is his size, right? Like that he's like a 5'7", 203 pounds. He could add some bulk to his frame. Um, 
that his work in pass protection isn't that great. So, you know, that's, I mean, that's the old trope about rookie running backs, but right. eh, I, I don't, I'm worried if he gains weight, then then maybe his quicks go. So I really do like his, I mean, his college production was amazing. He is seemingly inexhaustible, right? Like the guy, they call him motor for a reason. It was actually his dad's nickname, but he does have a motor that like does not stop shimmy, shaking, slipping through every tiny hole. So that is a, a player that I think could ascend. I don't know if I'm drafting him though, because I'm planning to win week one. I'm not planning to win when the wheels fall off the wagon from McCoy and Frank Gore, who's coming off a foot injury potentially. You know, like I think Singletary is like, let me put a pin in him. But right. I'm, am I wasting a roster spot on a maybe in Buffalo? Nah, I'm not. <laughs> you need what? You need at least one of them gone. By the way, Ju- July 12th on LaShawn McCoy's birthday, they're going to equal 68 years because Frank Gore is about to turn 37 on May 14th. So there you go. You, you did undersell them. I was, I was joking, but... You're, you did. Two more topics before we get out of here. Finishing out this division. There's anybody, are you touching anybody on the Dolphins? Like even the, you hate oh, the Drake. I just did a crazy deep dive on the Dolphins today and I have like this wild Josh Rosen take and it's not healthy. Like this is some, you know, sometimes when you get too deep, you like catch some feelings because you got too deep in your research. <laughs> like, you know, it happens, right? I got, I got major, I got, I caught feelings for Kenny Stills years ago because he used to tweet the most, like there were, uh, they were like almost like Mad Lib tweets. Like I like he pieced stuff together and I had no idea what he was saying. It was the funniest stuff ever. He doesn't really do it much anymore. And so now I've kind of always got a soft spot for Kenny Stills because of that. And then at times I've owned him. So I, I, I understand. I also like Devontae Parker when he came out of college. He, him and Kevin White really ruined that draft. <laughs> oh my gosh, you're very right on that. Um, so I would say, I don't think Josh Rosen, this is a, like, this is a philosophical discussion that we're going to now have. A okay. truncated one, admittedly. I don't think that Josh Rosen is a, you know, top 25 quarterback this year. But a team that was rumored to be organically tanking in February now just got one of the potential best values in, I don't, it like it's an unprecedented value. Like they got the 10th overall pick, one that scouts evaluated tied with Kyler Murray. Like there was drop off. If, if like there was this article from uh, that CBS put out where I forget, I wish I could, I should say the author's name, but I don't remember it right now. Um, it went and like looked, uh, asked talent evaluator scouts, like what they thought if they were to like, uh, evaluate Rosen in the 2019 class and they all had Rosen neck and neck with Murray but well ahead of Haskins and Jones obviously and and Drew Locke and so this team is definitely rebuilding I never bought the organic tanking stuff but they are rebuilding around Josh Rosen and that to me is special and people talk about Fitzmagic and I put out a poll today about oh like do you think Fitzmagic is going to be the week one starter no bro he's not going to be the week one starter it's not you know why because they don't want him to be they don't need they signed him not knowing that this gift was going to be given to them and O'Shea I mean these are two Patriots guys right You've got Caldwell, the QB's coach. You've got O'Shea, who's a former quarterback, wide receivers coach, been with Bill Belichick for three freaking Super Bowls, knows how to, you'd imagine, knows how to do a little something, something. Um, (laughs) And I feel like this is an opportunity. Also, what's wrong with Rosen's game? It's not his mechanics. 
It's his hero complex. Sure, you think that got knocked out of him a little bit? Mm, maybe that's philosophical, but I think it's totally possible. And I also feel like when you, you know, for so long, the Dolphins O-line didn't really have an identity, right? Like, what, what are they doing? Well, they added a bunch of run blockers. You have a defensive head coach. I think they're going to lean on the run a little bit more here. I know you want to talk about that running back that we referenced earlier when, when we're moving into this space of time, but I also feel like there's a new branding going on in Miami and it has been different since the off season. This is not the same Miami Dolphins that overpaid for vets past their prime in free agency. They were conservative. They just got this gift. O'Shea also in, again, in February before Josh Rosen was even on the table for them said that adjustability, flexibility that was his scheme idea. He didn't have a scheme. He adjusted around players because what does Bill Belichick do? He adjusts based on his the skill set of his players in that current time. So I think that Josh Rosen is going to grow into – I think that this is he's going to become the franchise quarterback. I don't think it's all going to happen right now because I'm not sure of the pieces around him. You know that Albert Wilson is probably going to score some ridiculous touchdowns, assuming he makes the cut and comes back from this hip injury. But, like, that's someone that I think is interesting in best ball. Kenny Stills is always a wild card. But I think the Dolphins are going to be a lot better than people are anticipating because they've gotten so used to the narrative of them sucking. There All right. So, so, so if for, to see if we're lockstep in this, I'm going to give you the hot take I had on the Josh Rosen thing because I, I love everything you said because I love the move. I have a friend who's a Dolphins fan, and before the trade even happened, he's like, man, I don't want to trade. I was like, why? Because at this point – it's free money. You're playing with house money. And that's the fact that this was even before they traded for the Saints 2020 second round pick, which just basically offsets it anyway. So this is what I said, Liz. This is the best trade by a team since the Falcons traded for Michael Vick. Now, I'm not saying he's Michael Vick. I'm not saying he's going to have that kind of impact. I'm saying I think what you were saying in value-wise, this is mm -hmm. the best trade since then. That's 2001, everybody, because – they essentially gave up nothing. If he bombs, guess what? Now you do go draft Herbert or Tua next year. Yep, if he yep. doesn't, oh my God, you've made out like a bandit for what mm -hmm. you paid to get a franchise quarterback. Hundo P. Like, I am totally with you. I think this is an awesome, awesome move. I'm stupid in on it. I'm sure it'll come back to bite me in October. But right now, I am. I, I caught feelings, and I, I can't shake them, man. We're, we got to work it out. No, when he's completely, like, if he throws like 17 interceptions and four touchdowns, I'd be like, oh, oh look, I, absent, I, I deleted that podcast on accident. Whoops, don't know how that happened. <laughs> well, we know he's going to press, right? Like, we know he's going to press. We know that's part of his game. But he's going to have to press because he doesn't have the uh, the the, the – weapons necessary not to unless no. you know there there is some relying on the run that can be done and that that remains to I be was, seen so i'm excited for gusecki this year i was do you know who's lurking <laughs> i just happen also, to like, can we just talk about how like adam gase it just, like he sucks and i grew up in chicago <laughs> so like i got uh, feelings about adam gase because adam gase is the like quintessential no you are going to run my scheme square peg in a round hole nonsense and this o'shea guy is just like no man like it's all about you bro like we we gotta pivot and move and so i i because I only say that because Gasecki, who had these incredible, he's like a 98 percentile spark athlete or these incredible metrics, like 
everyone thought, oh, Adam Gase, he does great things for tight ends. Remember that year, like seven years ago in, in Denver? Like that, that was a, the Julius Thomas was a thing, right? That's going to happen again. We're like, no, bro, it's not going to, like, it's not going to happen. Do you remember Adam who the quarterback Gase, was at that point? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that, yeah. <laughs> Adam Gase is still living off Peyton Manning, but he should give him like a percent, like forget his. They text, yo. They t- they're like, they have a crazy bromance. They're always like yeah. texting one another. Say, forget his 10% agent. He should be sending 10% to Peyton. Oh, maybe he is. I mean, that might be part. Who knows? You know the Manning family. I mean, we just saw no. what happened in New York. You know, you live in it. <laughs> they, they, that, that stuff runs deep. That's some, no. Like- I live in Virginia Beach. I just oh, happen to live on the right. East Coast. I Virginia just happen- Beach, really? Yeah, I'm originally from North Jersey. Oh, I'm like very, it. very, very North Jersey, like ten minutes from New York. So that's maybe why you were thinking that. But yes, and that's all my teams are New York, except for Chicago Bulls. That's a whole nother story for a whole nother day. That just happened to be, I, we moved down here when I was here, quick version, moved down here when I was a kid. My cousin was a Bulls fan. I hadn't watched NBA until I watched with him. So that's why I've been a Bulls fan. You got time. spoiled. I understand. No, this is before that. This is, this is, and never mind. I don't want to date myself. Okay. So last one before we get out of here. Sure. You, you brought him up before. No, no, I'm not sorry. I'm trying to get you out of here because I don't want to keep you around for too long. And it's not your podcast. It's my podcast. I appreciate <laughs> I'm your giving. So last, you brought up, both quarterbacks in this show are not even prompted and broke bottom. Oh. So Baker Mayfield versus Deshaun Watson. And I bring them up because I never thought we would be having this debate. No matter how big of a fan of Baker Mayfield, anybody might be. I can't believe I'm seeing people in our industry tweeting about drafts and ADP and stuff where Baker and Deshaun are going neck and neck. And Baker is even going in front of Deshaun in some drafts. People are crazy, are they not? Like, you can love the Browns, and you can love Baker Mayfield, and you can get excited, but can we take a chill and realize it's still Deshaun Watson? Yeah. I, I mean, I am aggressive on Baker Mayfield. I have him as my QB5, but I have Deshaun Watson as my QB3. So I think you can be in on Baker Mayfield, but also – let's take it down a notch and remember that this there's a lot of personalities now in Cleveland. There's a lot of hype and there's a rookie head coach and that's going to be a lot to sift through. Also, I am not, Oh, I'm going to get in trouble. I am not a hundred percent sure. So I will say I received a nugget, a not, I, I received a nugget from a former New this York giant. Information? Yes. From a, from a, a I want to say, let's say 2015, four years ago, I received a nugget from a former New York Giants player who expressed concern over um, OBJ's durability. And so mm. I am not a hundred, and that's been a recurrent issue, right? Yeah, like no, no one can no, say. It definitely right? has been. I am a little bit worried that if he doesn't stay healthy throughout the season, Um, Baker, obviously part of the reason he's so aggressively ranked is because we're expecting the OBJ factor. Like if you have a dead armed 35 year old, absolutely gorgeous, my next ex husband, (laughs) Eli Manning throwing under center and not moving at all in the pocket because he's basically getting down on one knee to propose to me, then you, you know, and he's making these acrobatic (laughs) catches. He's already there from being on the field anyway. So he's going to be on his knee anyway. Right. I mean, you should just really like reach into those pants, pull out. I don't even need a diamond. Like just pull out like oh, a mood ring. I'm, I'm down. Wait, it's fine. Um, and so he's, 
but any, obviously, but you have this like wildly accurate, energetic quarterback who can like court through his feet into the ground, throw with velocity. And so that's the magic. But if OBJ isn't there, I don't think the delivery as we saw last year will, that ROI isn't going to deliver. No, I, I think he'd still be top 10. I am an Antonio Callaway believer, but I think you're 100% right. The, the fact that he's on, by the way, who are your number one, two, and four quarterbacks out of curiosity? Is Mahomes, Luck, and Rodgers. Oh, my God. Keep, uh, six? Who's six? W- Wilson. Seven? Breeze. Finally. Good God. I was going to say, were you just copying my ranks? No, I'm kidding. But that's exactly, that's my top six. I actually have Breeze eight and Cam seven. Do you have Cam eight? I have Cam nine. Who's eight? Matt Ryan. Ah, uh, there we go. There's a little bit of a difference. I have Matt Ryan down at 11 behind Roethlisberger and Wentz. I'm, I'm believing in a Wentz bounce back, but glad we differed a little bit there. Good grief. I have Wentz 10. Uh, so it's not that <laughs> <laughs> All right. So see, look, this is why you listen to Liz and this is why you should be following her. Right? Let's see. Segway. There you go. Boom. In your face. Liz Loza underscore FF. Make sure. Yeah, you know what? There's so much there that I don't want to leave anything out. You give the recap again one more time of all the Yahoo stuff because there's like a million things you mentioned. Okay, so um, download the Yahoo Sports app. Download the Yahoo Fantasy Sports app so that you can get all of our amazing content, but also you can live stream NFL games in season on those apps, on your phone, on the go, at barbecues, doing whatever. If if you've got kids, a kid's birthday party, whatever. And by the way, congratulations on your gorgeous niece, Jake. What a gorgeous, oh, like, you. gift from the heavens. Amazing. Thank you. Um, you're welcome. You see where she gets it from, although that doesn't really work, does it? <laughs> no, it's a, you should, yeah. That was the, that's a, she clearly got it. From she deserved it. From your sister, right. Which is part of the, yeah. The Family. Gene. Yeah. yeah. Yes. I, real, I realized when I said, <laughs> when I said it came off a little West Virginian, so you yes. know, like, Anyway, um, but also, um, the aforementioned, I forget his name, and you've said it a couple of times, Matt Har, I forget, this guy uh, who's very proud of his hair and his dog. Um, <laughs> he and I do a podcast. And craft beer, of course. Um, he and I do a podcast. It's the Yahoo Sports Fantasy Football Podcast. It is excellent. We have so much fun doing it, so please go check that out on Apple Podcasts or wherever you choose to listen. And then we're doing this um, this team preview thing that uh, the AFC East is what we've started with. The Patriots rolled out on, what is today, Tuesday. We've got the Dolphins coming on Wednesday. We'll get through all 32 t- teams by August. And um, you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Liz Loza underscore FF. If you like pictures of adorable two-year-olds, then be sure to do the Instagram ad because there's a lot of that on my IG. Um, and I'm more sassy on my IG. I have to admit, like, like right now, this like Fantasy Twitter, uh, til- I get a little tilted on it. I don't like it as much. So I stick to Instagram more this time of year. <laughs> get some more use out of that mute button. That's what I was trying to tell you. Yeah, you're right. I mean, listen, Jake, you are full of wisdom. People need to be listening to your podcast for many reasons. <laughs> I, I appreciate that. If nothing else, it's for the great guests like Liz. Brought to eight. This all in sports today, apparently brought to you by backhandling compliments, good looking men like Eli Manning and the Yahoo <laughs> Make sure you download that app. I'll be back next week. Thanks again once to you, Liz. I appreciate it. And for everybody for listening to the podcast, I'll see you next week. Oh, and shout out to your boss, Nando Defino, who sent my uh, kids an adorable little present. Thank you, Nando. You're the best. <laughs> Always thank you, Nando. <laughs>